1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. This episode of Spaces Podcast is supported by Twinmotion, the simple real-time rendering solution to create high-quality imagery, client presentations, and interactive experiences that help communicate your design ideas fast. Hello! My name is Demetrius. This is Jason.
0: Good morning.
1: And you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason, how's it going over there?
0: It's going alright. It's going alright. It's a cool, misty morning. I'm excited about that. I like the cool. But As I looked ahead at the weather, it was going to get hot again by the middle of the week, which... (laughs) i'd I'd rather take the cool i don't you can keep your pumpkin spice whatever's but um (laughs) but uh i do like the cold weather i'm all about throwing on a hoodie you know which you're wearing right now consequently
2: yeah
1: i do enjoy wearing a good hoodie but uh i do also like i don't do those pump because i'm not a coffee drinker for one but uh i don't do the pumpkin spice latte but i do uh at Trader Joe's, I do get all the pumpkin
0: everything whenever really? they come out. Yeah, <laughs> like the smells and the this and that, the pumpkin I, flavored this and all that kind of crap.
1: I don't know. I'm also like one of those people that enjoys new featured foods. They oh, get me yeah. every time. Anytime there's an ad for like a new item at a restaurant, You're like in. I'm, I'm getting that. <laughs> Whatever it is, I yeah.
0: gotta try the new thing. I can't do that, man. I, I eat the same thing. We even had a conversation here at the office last week, and it was just like, I'm so repetitious. It's not even funny. Like <laughs> it's just, you know, it's meat and rice, protein shakes, and uh, tortilla chips. I'll venture out with a tortilla <laughs> chip flavor. <I> well,
1: <laughs> that's that's your and venture. Speaking,
0: speaking, of, speaking of Trader Joe's, they pissed me off because they 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 discontinued the greatest tortilla chip ever. It was like this hint of lime. And um. whatever tortilla it, it was a white bag with the blue so tor- you know trader joe's if you're listening like people got to be <laughs> dying about this thing being gone i would go in and i'd buy like eight bags at a time like it was so bad uh, that's so, for, for for reference it was like do you remember like the uh was it tostitos where they had like the hint of lime tortilla chips mm. yeah so, yeah so, so good like so good that's but, funny anyway so trader joe's is on my my ish list right now at the moment
1: that's hilarious Well, today, I wanted to jump into a conversation about uh, change orders and revisions. A change order is basically just the industry term for any change to the original contract that alters the scope of your original discussion for the project, whether it's taking something out or adding it, um, usually adding it, and uh, recently went through a project where we had, I, th- I think I touched on this earlier in the season, where we had project that was moving along literal days away from approval. And then the client wanted, the the tenant wanted to make a change based on kind of stemming from COVID and how their business structure changed okay. after that, which, you know, is valid, but... Um, it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that people don't realize or people seem to not hold as important as the impact of a change or revision that goes not just to the field, but yeah, but to everybody. And I made a huge mistake in understanding how much Hmm. it was going to cost me as an individual in time, as a business Mm -hmm. in time to, to chase this around because when it, when it happened, I knew how long it would take me to fix my drawings and be ready. And that's kind of what I quoted my time at, not thinking ahead to, okay, now I have to facilitate organizing everyone else um, as well as, well, I did kind of account for that, but going back to the city is where it really like, once again, I just dropped the ball on that one um, because I didn't, and you can't really necessarily foresee this, but they didn't, understand the change that was happening there's a lot of confusion and we're months out now of still dealing with mm-hmm. one more department trying to get them to finally get an approval on this so yep. just like those things it's just a snowball effect with uh, yep. any change no matter where it comes from whether it's a architect yep. change a client change whoever or field field necessity yeah Yeah. Or or field. Yeah. Yeah. There's just this chain reaction that's somewhat unpredictable of how Mm -hmm. bad it can be, Mm -hmm. um, to change everyone else's work and and scope.
0: Yeah. I mean, from a time perspective and then a cost perspective, just because somebody wants this over here, like depending on how it was engineered and how a plumber ran all his stuff before and laterals and whatnot, all that can change. And it Mm -hmm. can be a super, like, it may seem very simple, in multiple other facets and all of a sudden you get to one and it's like, whoa, like this is, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like post-tension slab is already poured and it's already tightened up. Like I can't go cut into this thing, you know? Like, so it's, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. It's it's, can get really complex really fast. Like you said. Yeah. Do you guys have a
1: process uh, on your end when changes come in that sort of help you mitigate the damage that can be done on your end whether it's yeah. cost time or anything
2: like i that. think
0: i think for the most part you know being on um, the flooring trade super simple okay. right because we're at the very end so we're throwing on the pretty lipstick you yeah. know what i mean like so whatever walls are in place whatever you know floors are already in place like you're in the last 10 percent of the job mm-hmm. so at that point there's really not a whole lot changing if anything really occurs you're just changing cut lines or transition lines or maybe a product yeah so for the most part, I would say that's pretty simple. Where the change really affects the businesses that I'm involved in is on the cabinet side. Mm-hmm. So when all of a sudden a wall needs to change, it can completely throw off an entire layout, and you can be dealing with appliance moving, you know, appliances moving, which could be gas lines, which could be all, all you know, electrical, um, all those different kind of things. But then ultimately, from a time perspective, depending on how close it is, we're four to six weeks on creating cabinets. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden you get out there and you're prepared to build, you know, a week before your insulin like, hey, we need to make this change. Well, two things. One, now you're buying product that's already made
1: because
0: mm-hmm. it was already approved and went into production. So the cost to your point. Two, now you're going to have to pay for something new to be made, which yeah. is going to be another four to six weeks. Yeah. So it's not even necessarily just the cost for product that you might have to change or whatever, but it could be the delay in time too, which is a cost when you look at carryover and holding and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the cabinet side is where it really messes us up. And then on top of that, you know, you have every other trade behind that. So if you're making a trade in the appliance, well, then the electrician needs to come back in, which means they need to repatch the drywall, which means they need to repaint, which means you know, all these other kind of things that go along with it and go to the plumbing side, if you decide you want to change, you know, where the sink is, well, depending on if that's an Island, you might have a plumbing problem now in the slab and the whole PT thing again, and all that kind of uh, PT meaning post-tension. Yeah. You don't generally, you know, for people that are out there, you don't generally want to cut into a, a post-tension slab because literally the rebar that's in there, that's tight and could rip your face off. <laughs> um, if you don't do it right. I mean, it's like they x-ray, they do all sorts of stuff and whatnot, but um, it's just a big, big issue and it's a costly deal. So Um, so we do have a process. I mean, you know, just like anything, once something's requested, you got to formalize the proposal, you know, the estimate and whatever. And the nice thing is when you have a lot of years and experience behind you, Mm -hmm. you you know how to estimate these things, you know what I mean? For the most part. And it's, and, um, and really what you end up dealing with in these projects, especially on the cabinet side, like I said, if it's a week before they're like, yeah, I know, but how fast can you get it out here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and we're in an environment right now with suppliers and, and, um, you know, just the COVID environment from a manufacturing standpoint and raw materials where it's like, there's no such thing as a rush. There's like getting it on time is amazing, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so, but yeah, so the process comes in, the request is there. Obviously we will re-render or relay out and then give them a price to do so. They've got to approve that back to us and then we can go into production. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a whole other side where now you're chasing the funds that they promised you they would <laughs> give you on the change order side that never go along the same process. Yeah, from a from a client perspective, um, it's always an alternative road, uh, which we should probably talk about the two and why that exists. I think, and then you're always chasing those funds yeah. because once it's not in the original contract, everything that's outside of that, whether it's a change order contract or it's what they call like an EPO, like an extra purchase order, you know, those kind of things, mm-hmm. it's a bear to get yeah. those things through. They require so many signatures on the client side that it's like. And you know, they're just not signing them because they just don't want to answer the fact of why they had to pay extra dollars. I mean, yeah. that's literally what it is, right? Yeah. So yeah. So, and we get them consistently like every day, you know, yeah. we're, we're involved in, I don't know, anywhere between 50 and 70 projects at one time, meeting different communities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of it. The change orders that are bigger are on the stuff that you're talking about where it's like the podium builds multifamily. Mm-hmm. Those, those have a major ripple effect. Yeah, um, because you're dealing with a whole lot of units at that point, and that's and there's a lot of changes that come in there. Because when they start getting in the field, and they've got structural issues, and they can't run something a certain way, and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you get all your RFIs that get sent out, right? Yeah, those, those ones tend to be a bit more heavy, you know, yeah. in thought and thought process.
1: Yeah, and the RFIs a requests for information. If something's not clear in the drawings, people in the field will send out these RFIs to get additional information, dimensions,
0: things like that. And I think as we've talked, talked about in previous ones, nobody in the field wants to make a call, especially (laughs) on those types of projects. Yeah. Hey, here's my recommendation. You know what I mean? Well, what do you really think will work? Uh, I mean, that's up to you. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? No one wants
1: to take the responsibility to make a decision. Right. Yeah. Right. We're going to take a quick break to share a little bit more about our sponsors. Let's talk ArcViz technology. Powered by the near limitless Unreal Engine, our friends at Twinmotion offer a fast and easy way to produce stunning real-time visualizations and immersive experiences for your clients. Twinmotion gives you the tools you need to make faster decisions and relay information to your clients in a way that instantly speaks to them. Breathe life into your scene by changing the season, the weather, the time of day, just by moving a slider, immersing your client in a way that they'll love and more importantly, be able to truly picture themselves in. Why not share your design with stakeholders in collaborative reviews and edit your scene together? There's no better way to get buy-in than by making your clients feel part of the development process. Right now, they're running an exclusive free trial, which you can head to twinmotion.link spaces to get your hands on. That's twinmotion.link spaces. From my perspective or on the architecture side, design side, one of the things that I've been trying to get better at, um, and I I haven't worked at too many firms that have done this, but trying to get approval at each phase, because we typically go through phases of drawings being put together, of schematic Mm -hmm. design into design development and then into construction documents Mm -hmm. and getting sign off from your client. Or whoever is going to be approving the drawings um, whether it's a tenant or a client or both to understand what the drawings are and they have approved what those drawings are as drawn because then you have a little bit of leverage to say look this is what we agreed upon was going to be in the in the drawings and this is everything that was laid out so if they do want to make a change later you have some ground to to ask for more money because it's gonna cost you to not only do your work but to chase others down and coordinate with them any change that is done as well as depending on if you're in the city or not, trying to capture all of those hours. And I've gone going through this experience, I think going forward, anything that's city related, I will shift to an hourly basis because there's no, no way to understand what that's going to entail once they get it. I mean, you, you assume it's going to be a certain amount of hours, but there's no guarantee because like I mentioned in the previous episode, it's like football. You never know what the other player is going to do.
0: Yeah. A lot of, um, a lot of people will use that, that, uh, especially on the trade side that, um, that phrase time, you know, TNM time and material. Yeah. Um, where it's like, you know, our, our mode, the way that I've always done it is I kind of just send over a price and it's like, here's what this change is going to cost or whatever. And it's it's just, I don't, I don't break things out line by line. It's like, I just figure it out and say, okay, it's 450 bucks, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever it is, or it's 10, 10, 10,500, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people are okay with that because in my thing is like, you know, it's not necessarily, well, this is that other discussion. Those things aren't usually like a major profit thing for us. Yeah. I don't believe in that specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the joke goes with, you know, people when they hear the term change order, they've seen that picture of that yacht floating around, you know what I mean? On the internet for years where the back of it says change order. Like, that's oh yeah, boat. <laughs> because, you know, I think it's a different thing between the commercial environment and, you know, the the, the um, residential new, new home for sale type of deal. Um, because a lot of people, and what I've seen from a business play standpoint, a lot of people go in pretty tight on the project costs, Mm -hmm. knowing that there's going to be change orders. And then they just, I mean, ream people on the change orders because they're stuck at that point. Yeah. That's a, that's an ethics thing, you know, to me, I'm okay. Not getting jobs, not playing the game that way. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair. Um, I don't think it's right. I think you should always charge a fair price regardless. So, you know, any job we get in the beginning, I think is a fair price. And then anything we need to fix after that or, or change after that, I still think is a fair price. It's at a very, it's, it's at a very similar job cost margin that I would have used in the beginning. Now, you know, it's, it puts you at a disadvantage in the beginning because of the game, these other guys are playing, but hopefully with the relationships and experience and everything people have seen, like they, when they compare the two after like overall, when a job's done, not only were we probably the better performer, cause I just think we're, we're good at what we do, but we were probably less overall. Um, but it's interesting because when you look at the budgets and you've probably seen this on a budget, budgetary client side, mm-hmm. they have a, a contract cost and a budget, and then they have a reserve or a holdover cost on the other side with which, so it's two different things to pull from, right? Yeah. So if you look at it, phase one, I got to get my numbers here, right? So I'm going to use whoever I need to get my numbers here. And then the secondary side is on the construction dudes and it's not my problem. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think we talked about this a year or two ago, but it's like, I really wish there was a better holistic envelope with which these builders or owners would look at these projects because the different buckets allow, it It feels like that New York game, right? Where the ball's under three cups and they're moving things around <laughs> and all of a sudden, right? You pull it off because that's really how it is. And so you have to make a decision as a, as a provider and say, am I going to play this, what I call crappy game? Um, it's like a shyster game, or are you going to be realistic? And the, and the, the, the reality is if you're the realistic guy, you're probably going to cut off your nose to spite your face a little bit at times, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and you're seeing that too, I'm sure where you get architects that come and undercut and then they just charge a ton of money every time something else goes. And it's like, that's not right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to say it's wrong because it is a way of doing it. there's a lot of people that doing it that do it. But I'm like, how would I feel if I was on the client side? Like, you know, like that whole karma thing. Right.
1: Yeah. I've seen people like worked with engineers that operate that way of they come in really low on their early bid. And then any little thing that change, it's like change order here, change over there. Just nonstop bills every time something's changed or they make a phone call or an email, almost like a. Lawyer, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. nonstop, yeah. and it From just clock around, yeah, yeah, and it just wears you down, and yeah, like by the end of the project, it's much more than anybody else would have charged. I'd much rather, and that's what I think clients don't understand when they see proposals is like sometimes the ones that come in early on, those are the better ones because on the back end, they understand that they've already baked in all of this extra stuff on the back end, and they're gonna you know, give you a few freebies here and there to change things and make extra calls or whatever. Yeah.
0: But I think I think the other thing that that client or the owner worries about at times is, well, then am I overpaying for something I never have to use? And 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 us would sit here and tell you, you're always going to use it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, any, even when I've helped people do remodels and you say, hold aside 10 to 15% of whatever your budget is, because you're going to have whatever. Oh, am I really? Gonna-? Yes, you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just whether, whether you change the spec, whether you want to use nicer things or snowballs into another thing, like it always happens. You know what I mean? Like then and only then can you bring it in under full budget scope. But I think that's why they look at that. They're like, I don't want to overpay. And it's like, you're,
1: because
0: (laughs) they have the budget up front for a certain part of it and then they have okay we have ancillary stuff we're waiting on so it's almost like the two different buckets so you get the purchasing guy that's like yo i got it into budget yeah and the construction guy's like what why is your budget over you know this kind of stuff and it's like well he didn't buy it right he didn't do this right it's like it never changes it never changes
1: and that's the thing both from a design perspective and a um builder perspective i think that's one of the things that damages the process even more i mean it seems to make sense of like everyone was following this assembly line format of of ford when that when that whole thing came about mm-hmm. and everybody started to break up their businesses into these categories but you lose this flexibility like you're talking about with the budget as long as the purchasing guy comes under budget he's like i'm good And then it goes on to the next one, but there's still leftover money of the overall that you can pull from. You don't have to be pushing every single time because all you're doing is pushing the service back and the quality back. And you're getting ultimately probably a worse product by the end of it if everybody is all broken up and not speaking
0: to each other. Yeah, that's it. I was just going to say, I don't mind it being broken up, but where's the synergy?
1: where's the one person that's following the entire yeah, thing
0: which should really be the vp of ops or whatever it is right that's jumping in and going okay let's look at my cost budgets on the construction side how many times do these guys change ordering me how many times are these guys not where are these guys out on this side okay this is my partner you know yeah. what i mean like this guy's legit or maybe even talk to him like
1: but the other part of that is is that purchasing person going to get a bonus off of what they saved and absolutely that's 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 where yeah so 100 percent.
0: and anybody that thinks that that stuff doesn't happen is a (laughs) lunatic because it is absolutely the way it is
1: yeah so everybody's trying to get their extra cut so
0: dude and that's why and that goes back i think when we were talking about well, you have to tell me did that poll come out about if their managers came in and checked to see what they could do to make their job better
1: oh yeah it was like uh
0: it had to be heavy no
1: uh it was like 67% no i think something okay. like that
0: and it, which which is what i would think right yeah. there's 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 some you know good peeps out there but those are the kind of things that you need to know as yeah. a manager and as a whatever it's like okay are you doing the right thing for the company or are you just sliding it for you yeah. you know what i mean and are you talking to this person over here because ultimately if the company wins out yeah technically you should too yeah you know what i mean it's a whole cultural type deal in her company that needs to be fixed but you see it everywhere. I mean, and even on the single family, you know, residential market, it starts with the land guys mm-hmm. put together some bogus budget like <laughs> Euro cents to where they can make the land deal, you know, fly. Yeah. And then the, but, and then the purchasing guys got to then say, okay, you, you only gave me $60 a square foot a house. So I got to figure out how to buy it for $60 a square foot a house. Mm-hmm. And then once that gets bought, then it goes to the construction guys. Like these trades are garbage. He's like, yeah, but this is the only one I could get for this price. And you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, um. I laugh because it seems so simple to me. Yeah. And maybe that's just because I've never done it, you yeah. know, from that side, which I'm, I'm willing to, to recognize, but we still do it in our own individual businesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to a certain degree, it's like, yeah, I may not be putting a house together, but you're running an operation, which is comprised of other vendors and other materials and everything else. So if you just bought the cheapest of all yeah. versions and hired the cheapest people out of all. <laughs> available it's like what do you think's gonna happen yeah
1: okay we have to put a pin in this and come back because because we're venturing into another topic that i think deserves its own episode so sorry uh got the motor running yeah i know (laughs) but uh thank you for this one uh thank you to the listeners for listening we will talk again on thursday thanks Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. By checking them out and supporting them, you help us keep this show going. Thank you to Twin Motion for their support of this podcast episode. Don't forget to visit twinmotion.link/spaces today and try Twin Motion for free. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G A B L media.com if you enjoy our show you can support us in three simple ways for free you can leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to tell a friend and follow us on social media thanks for spending time with us talk soon